This is Rob Tubbett for Boxing Social in association with Brett Fred. Delighted as always, and I really am delighted to be joined by Andy Lee. How are you, Andy? Good, Rob. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Very well. I was just saying to um, your young charge, Paddy Donovan, that it seems like almost another lifetime that we flew over to Dublin um, around February, March time, start of March. Um, quite a lot's happened in the world since then. What have you been up to, my friend? It seems everyone else staying at home, staying, stay home, stay safe. <laughs> just oh. taking care, just spending a lot of time with the family and that. You know, just uh, not doing much coaching or boxing um, because of the nature of the sport. It's probably, you know, the, probably the, the last sport that should be, you should be doing, you know, with the nature of the virus in terms of its transmission and that. But just, just, just staying at home. And we had a baby in the meantime. So my wife was pregnant through lockdown and then we had a baby just at the end of the lockdown in Ireland, just as it was starting to ease. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a full-time job in itself. Well, congratulations. I was gonna was gonna leave that towards the end of the interview, but congratulations. Um, obviously, you, we kind of headed into lockdown on the back of a very very busy period for you. Obviously, mm. on the back of Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. So it must have been really nice and really like unexpected to be at home for those last few months of pregnancy. Yeah, it was. It was up and down, like up up and down. Some days you're loving it being at home and being like some days you're loving it and having that quality time, which you always do. But then. Someday, just the uncertainty of not knowing when when life will will reconvene. You know, it's I think for everybody, just not even within boxing. I think it was a very un uncertain time, and still, even to this day, you never know what's going to happen. When, if we ever have sport back with the crowd, or it seems to you know it's affected every every asset or every facet of life. The virus. So, um, but it was nice to be home. We had some lovely weather as well in Ireland during the lockdown. So. Got to go to the beach a lot more and um, barbecues and things like that. But yeah, it was a busy year. We had Jason. I had Jason Hoodley start at the start of the year in January, and then Tyson in February. Paddy was set to fight in March, and things would have continued like that, you know, once a month fighting. But um, just this is just put a put a hole in everything, hasn't it? Certainly has. Um, one of the things I was kind of curious to ask of you, you've got two fighters, admittedly different stages of their career, but you've not worked an awful long time with, with either of them in Paddy and Jay. Um, what was it like for you as a trainer going through this? I know some trainers who had, you know, they were FaceTiming, watching their fighters hit the bag. Others were kind of doing it while they were running. What was it like for you? Well, I'm lucky because Paddy's dad is, is, is quite an accomplished coach, you know, someone I, I can trust to, to look after Paddy. Um, when I'm not around, and so for this whole fight, he's been training with his dad because of the, the lockdown. The nature of Paddy was back in Ennis, County Clare, with his family during lockdown. I was in Dublin, and because I had a child, didn't want to take any chances with you know transmission or meeting people who had been in touch with people. You know, you, you just don't know with the, with the way the virus is. It takes four days, four or five days to 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 come out and manifest itself. You know, to show itself. So you could have the asymptomatic. So Paddy trained with his dad for this fight, and um, I was watching the, like again a lot of videos of them and, and, and reviewing things. But it's not the same now. For the last two weeks, me and Jason quickly did some work together, um, just us alone in the gym, and he's 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 improving. He he he's a guy who stays fit and healthy all all the way through camp, uh, even when he's not training. You know, even when he's not training, he'll stay. He's he'll always. I mean, even when he's not got a fight coming up, well, that's what I mean by not training, he'll stay in shape. So he came back in good shape, and me and him picked it right up, and he's still improving. 
Um, frustrating period for him because it looked like he was going to fight Jack Cullen for whatever reason, which I won't go into too much. The fight didn't go ahead. And then, um, then he's, in, he's in the mix to fight Canelo, a fight which I always thought, you know, it would be great if it happened. But it was always going to be a long shot because of Canelo's situation and the other fighters who were probably more attractive to, to the zone or you know, Cam Smith, John Ryder, whoever. But Jason was an option and Jason was they were pushing with Jason to get the fight, which we would have took. would have been a tough fight, but Jason would have given everything he had to it. You know, we were training for that fight anyway. And now he doesn't know when he's fighting. Um, there's some talk about him fighting it, maybe Jaime Munguia, and that's a fight. Jason would take. Um, but other than that, yeah, throughout, just throughout the lockdown, just reviewing reviewing some stuff, but not really being able to do much much one-on-one or hands-on coaching. That's, it's interesting you say that about Jason. It's kind of where I was going to go with it. When I came over to Dublin, I mean, we were he was in a position where he was looking at a Jack Cullen fight to then launch himself into another fight and then another fight. And then he went from there to, as you say, being in the mix for Canelo and now not in the mix, and now maybe find somebody else. He's kind of gone through the mill a little bit emotion-wise. How is Jay? He's usually a very level-headed guy, but I can imagine that not being particularly easy to deal with. I don't, I don't know if he hides it very well, but he's so upbeat and positive, you know? Um, I know in my career when there was those, often there were times of indecision and uncertainty, not knowing where you're going, what your next fight is or what the next step is, and being told one thing and then not, that not happening. Um, I found it very demoralizing and I found it like, you know, I, I, many times in boxing I became disillusioned and, you know, it would have been easier to walk away because you're serving a, a food, like I said, food's, food's purpose or whatever it is. But he's very positive, Jason. He's got a great mindset and I don't like, he's very positive. You know, he is, he's, he's, he's upbeat. So I know he's, he's, he's just going to keep working. And I said to him, just keep working, just keep working away good things will come, you know, just you got to persevere sometimes in life and in boxing as well. The moment you let your guard down or the moment you take your foot off the pedal or eye off the ball, then an opportunity will come and then you won't be ready for it. So he's, he's staying ready and hopefully something good will come his way. Moving on to your other charge, as I said, Paddy Donovan returns this weekend and kind of the, uh, the Irish invade BT. It's Carl Frampton, Michael Conlon, and Paddy Donovan. Um, great opportunity for Paddy. I mean, kind of what people are talking about in the minute is because TV shows are, are quite limited, obviously bigger exposure. It must be really exciting for him to get back out there. Yeah, and like, this is, for me, it's, it's the biggest card since, since, since you know, well, it's got the biggest names on it since, since boxing restarted. Carl Frampton and Michael Conlon. And it was important for me to try and get Paddy on the show. I pushed hard for him to get on back and forth with top rank. And um, thankfully, with a little help from Jamie Conlon, <laughs> I, got, I got him on the show. Um, but it's, it's, it's great for him because there will be, you know, a lot of people watching it, especially in Ireland, because of the two, the two main fighters. And it'll give Paddy some, some very good exposure. And, um, yeah, with the little, like... <clears throat> I'm grateful that he's on the show because um, he could be sitting around to whenever, you know, there's no, like, there's only a limited amount of fights taking place and limited fights, you know, there's only going to be a limited amount of fighters to get a chance, an opportunity to fight. So the party on the show was, was good for him and, um, yeah, we, we're grateful that he's on it. 
Well, can you tell us about his opponent? Obviously, the, the kind of the hardcore will know of Des Newton and the fact that he's kind of been around the block, as, as it were. What kind of problems and what kind of issues do you expect him to pose? Um, he's, he's just, he's, he's, he's a tough man. And he's, he's, a, he's a kind of a bit of a problem for Paddy to solve in this young st early stage in his career. You know, it's Paddy's four or five. And we, like, we, there will be a time when Paddy will start stepping up against the opposition will, will improve. But for now, considering that he hasn't fought since December of last year, um, and the way our training's been, our preparation that he's been with his dad, um, I felt Des Newton, Des Newton would, be, would just be the right type of opponent that will offer him a little test because he doesn't fall, he doesn't fall over, he comes to fight. And he's got quite an awkward style. He knows how to survive. He's only been stopped once in his 15 losses. Um, and it seems at one stage he was, was like, had some ambition because I think he won his first seven, lost the fight, and then kind of settled into becoming a kind of a journeyman. Um, but with saying that, he's picked up a lot of experience and he knows how to survive. Um, and he's here, we're sitting in a hotel, he's in good spirits. Doesn't seem, you know, he's not intimidated, he's happy as happy. Happy walking around, so yeah, I think it'll be a good test with Paddy, and um, it'll be nice to see what Paddy can do against them. So, how good is Paddy Donovan, Andy? Because I've seen him in the gym. Obviously, there's only so much you can tell. Bags don't hit back, and all of that. Um, you're a very worldly boxing man. You've been around the block and then some, so to speak. How good is he? And and you know, obviously, we all we all know that you're his trainer. So, <laughs> but yeah. take a pinch of salt. I'm very high on Paddy. Um, as an amateur, he was he stood out to me, and yeah, he's. I think he has all the ingredients, all the, the the skill, the punch power, the brains, to go all the way and become a world champion. But it, there are so many pitfalls on the way, and he's got to keep his head on his shoulders and remain dedicated to the, to the sport, not get ahead of himself. But I think he's a fighter that can go all the way. I think he's sensational talent. And uh, yeah, I just excited like this fight when we can get back to training again consistently, see how he's developed because there's so much more to come from him and, and he can improve on so many aspects of, of what he does. So, um, yeah, it's a big, big future for him, but he's got to keep his feet on the ground. That's that's the same for every every young prospect. Just before we move on, um, we mentioned the fact that Jay and Jason Quigley had been in the um had been in the mix for Canelo Alvarez it's since transpired in the last week or so that Callum Smith looks to be the front runner for that fight um, advanced stages of negotiations how do you see that fight going obviously Billy Joe Saunders was initially scheduled to face Canelo back in May do you think Billy Joe Saunders would have been a trickier fight than Callum Smith I think Billy Joe Saunders got the best chance of anybody of beating him um, very deceptive deceptively good Billy Joe Saunders better than what you think and that's what my land first hand because you watch him from the outside, yeah, he's good. You can see he's good. When you're in there with him, he's a different animal. He's a lot, lot better. The, the fight you see outside doing when you're in there actually in front of him, it's, it's a lot better, a lot harder, and a lot trickier, and uh, bigger punching than people give him credit for. And uh, well, Callum Smith, again, is really big for the right. And we'll stand with Canelo, I think. You know, we'll stand with him. We'll fancy it. And we'll, it's like you couldn't get two opposite, more opposite sides in terms of Smith and Saunders. In terms of one would look to box and move. He, I don't think Saunders would run for him, but would definitely be trickier. Where with Callum, 
I think Callum will use a jab and look to look to stand and catch and counter um, with Canelo. I think both guys did the both of them have you know they're both both of them are the best challenges out there for Canelo. There's nobody else really who you'd want to see Canelo fight other than Jason Craigie from my point of view. But I think Jason look if Jason gets to fight great, but if Jason doesn't get to fight this it's not, not the end of the world because he's still got a lot of improvement through. We're still early early in our partnership and he's improving all the time. Um, but if, if Callum Smith gets to fight, I think anyone going in against Canelo is still going to be an underdog. You have to favor Canelo against anybody at the moment around his weights. But Callum is in with a real shot of, be, of, of beating him. And if it was Saunders, I would like you'd be, you might fancy an outside bet on Saunders to beat him. Final one on that. Billy Joe Saunders, obviously, you mentioned yourself firsthand. You know how good Billy Joe is. He's kind of had this frustrating pattern appear in his career, and it's continued even since he's gone over to Matchroom, where big fights get announced or big fights are close to being finalised. For whatever reason, they fall through, and we've, we've seen him come out in the last six to eight weeks or so and, and kind of rule himself out of Canelo. What do you make of that? I mean, he's such a talented fighter, and it seems as though his career is not quite passing him by. He's a two-weight world champion, but not quite fulfilling his potential. Listen, I don't really know much about it. Like, with, with the lockdown, it was very hard for anyone to train and prepare for a fight, you know? So, um, and everyone has their own, like, their own, like, there's the fighters as the athletes, and, but they're not robots, they're human beings, so you have your own personal life as well outside that. So, I don't think you can judge anybody um, for whatever reason, he didn't take the fight, but um, he's still an asset. You know, I, I, in some ways, you respect him for not taking the fight because he might have took the fight in desperation because he'd wanted the fight for so long, and then it suddenly comes along, you're not ready, and you take it anyway, and then you don't perform and live with the regret for the rest of your life that you didn't. So, in some ways, you respect him because he he, he showed a bit of you know he didn't just take the money and then go for the fight, you know. He wanted to do it on his terms, so I know he's taken probably a bit of a slating for not being ready, not being not being ready to fight, and not taking the fight. But in some ways, I respect him for not taking it. But um, sooner or later, he's going to have to, you know, get it together, get himself ready, and get get get, and just just you know, it's just about being professional, isn't it? Being professional is being professional in his job and being staying ready. It's a whole nother story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's important to point out that, as, as you say, lockdown has affected people in very yeah. different ways, and it's, it's certainly not a slight Listen, trust me, you can believe, you don't know, none of us know what's going on behind the scenes in terms of what's being negotiated, what's being offered, what was offered before, and now what's being renegotiated because it's behind closed doors, and um, all the little things they try to do where you think you've got a fight made, and at the last minute, they pull the rug out from under your feet and say, no, we need this, we need this contract, we need this stipulation. And it could be small and petty, but you never know. It could be something that could break, you know, the, what is it, the straw that broke the pig's back or something like that. You know, that kind of thing. It could just be a small little thing. And, that's, and it's all those little tricks that they do when they know you're desperate for a fight just to get you over the line and get, get you... Get you a little bit tomorrow, like get you feeling like that. Oh, I'm just here to make up the numbers, kind of thing, and I'm in the champion's backyard. So, listen, I don't think I think it's very easy to sit back and judge people for doing. But I, I kind of respect you, Billy Joe, for not taking the fight. 
Okay, moving on to your your biggest uh, your biggest stalwart, your biggest fighter that you train, both um, in height and everything. Tyson Fury birthday yesterday. Did you speak to the big yeah. man. Didn't speak. Spoke to him the day before, I think. I didn't know it was his birthday, so that was terrible. Then I seen everyone wishing him a close. I was quickly slipped in a message saying happy birthday. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, should know these things. And, uh, but. Um, no, he's in good form. You can see he's buzzing, you know, he's loving life. Um, I'm not sure he doesn't know. I don't think anyone knows when he'll fight again. For certain, there's lots of dates being banded around and proposed, you know, dates. But it's, it's difficult because fighters like of his stature, they need a, they need a live gate because the revenue that's involved involved in it. So... Um, I'm, he's, he, I'm not sure if he's frustrated. I know he's living, living life, he's strength and training. Um, he's training all the time, like three or four times a day sometimes. And um, yeah, he just, I don't know. It's, it's uncertain, like, as much as it, it's uncertain for the fighters on the lower level, the fighters at the higher level as well, it's, it's hard for them too because uh, it's not hard, but you know, they can't, they can't operate or fight. And, I know it's all about money and paydays, but these guys do want to fight. Tyson wants to fight, and he wants to. He doesn't want to wait around and wait, want fight once a year. He wants to be busy and be active. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult time for him. Was that ever a concern of yours? I mean, it's no secret that Tyson's already said in the past numerous occasions that, you know, the gym keeps him on the straight and narrow and it keeps him straight. But obviously we've seen him throughout lockdown with his, his daily workouts that he was doing for the public and stuff like that. But was it ever a concern of yours, the fact that he was going to not have the gym, the distraction? Mm, I, he, I think from spending the time with him in Vegas for the camp, he knows he's got to train all the time. That's, as he says, that's his medicine. It keeps him on a level, so... Um, see, but my concern would be the opposite that he's training too much that he needs a rest you know and that when, when the time comes to get back in the full training camp um, well he, he'll be fit he'll be you no know, it'll be good because when we do go into training camp he won't have to work on his fitness we can just pick up where we left off and, and still work on the technique and the game plan whereas um, but the opposite like you know, sometimes you can do too much and be be over overtrained. So that that that's more of a concern, I would say, than not training. You mentioned the fact that Tyson doesn't want to be waiting around. That's something that was echoed by Frank Warren, who's obviously his British promoter. Um, Bob Arum said that the fight may go to February 2021. Um, what's your understanding of that? What What do you know about it? I have no no no. I have no um, involvement in any of that stuff. When Tyson says we're fighting and where it is, that's it. I will just go and train prepare for whatever, whatever opponent it is. Um, in terms of fights being made, where and when, I've no, no, I'm not involved in that side of things with Tyson at all, so I can't comment. Was a, when was it, about five or six weeks ago, we had the AJ Fury announcement that, that mm. ended up on the front page of pretty much everything. What did you think when you heard that? Um, I thought, well, I thought it was a bit, I don't know what I thought, because I thought it was a bit of a nothing announcement because this both sort of contracted the fights anyway with other people. And who knows, there's so much, the boxing can change so quickly. And we've already seen that Dylan, Dylan White's been mandated now again. And the WBC is saying that Tyson might have to fight him. So there's so many things that can happen in boxing. Um, but I, I think it's a good thing that 
there's the intention or the want to fight each other, but I think that was always there. So look, I think the, the fights that have to happen now are he has to finish his business with Deontay Wilder, and then Anthony Joshua is, is, is the, you know, it's the last fight. But probably not his last fight, but the last fight. And then he can just go on a world tour, doing wrestling matches, exhibitions, <laughs> and singing, sing karaoke. He does that anyway. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned Deontay Wilder there. That's, the, that's probably the, the biggest thing to, to point out. He's still got that contractual obligation. Do you think people, after the, the fact that Tyson was so dominant back in February, are just disregarding that now? They're overlooking Deontay Wilder? Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it's a lot harder sell. You know, isn't it for, for people in general? I'm not sure. It was so emphatic the way in which he, Tyson went about his business and the way in which he beat him. It's hard to see Deontay being able to adjust and make changes so drastic to, to overturn that to overturn that you know the performance or that outcome. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what what what. But Tyson won't be on the restaurant him because you know, he'll know that at any one one punch and it all comes crumbling down. Tyson has to go. Tyson just has to do what he did again, but but better because there's still a lot of room for Tyson to improve, and a lot of you know a lot of things that we did, we're only just scratching the surface. So um, that's that's what they live. I mean, Tyson did an interview a couple of months ago where he was, I think, the first person to point out the danger of Deontay Wilder and the fact that mm. he's, you know, he's still, in Tyson's opinion, would knock out Anthony Joshua, would knock out Dillian White. Do you agree with that? It's hard to know how they match up, isn't it, with anybody else? I know he's still a very dangerous man. One loss is not the end of the year. No, one loss doesn't make you a bad fighter in boxing. Um, and before this, before the fight with Tyson, such, you know, boxing is so... No, so well, no. before the fight, he was like the you know everyone was making out to be the biggest puncher. He was the favorite going into the fight, and now since Tyson did what he did, it's like oh yeah, he was always going to do that. You know that Tyson was always going to do. I don't know. It's like everything's twenty twenty in hindsight in boxing, and the, um, boxing opinionators are so feeble. You know, and. Um, or a lot in the game plan when before before the fight they, they were saying that was a crazy approach that Tyson would be crazy because Tyson told him what he was going to do go straight to him and uh, people were saying that he's done playing mind games he's just you know all these so-called experts and then now and then when then when Tyson actually goes out and does it it's all like yeah that was always the right approach so. <laughs> they make it laugh they make it laugh you know <laughs> makes it all the more sweeter for you though I bet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I knew that's. What, I, I, I had my doubts as well. I have to admit, either, I think we'd committed to a game plan, and everyone was saying it was crazy. And so, at the end of the like night before the fire, I was thinking, "Is this actually the wrong approach?" But I spoke to Sugar Hill. He reassured me that it was the right thing that we'd done the right thing, and uh, it worked out well. Sugar Hill deserves massive credit. Sugar Hill is like. Is the man? He is. He really is the man. I, I, I can't see how other fighters aren't reaching out to him. I think, I think he should be a trainer. He should be highly sought after. I think, from my experience in working with coaches, the man was two Adam Booth, two of the best, and Sugar Hill is right up there with him. You know what I mean? Joey Gamash, uh, right up there with him, and uh, I think you know, Adams in England, 
Joey's in New York, but Sugar Hill's definitely a coach I think should be more fighters, more fighters who want to improve should be looking at. What's he up to? He retired after the fight, didn't he? Momentarily. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just joking. <laughs> he's, he's, still, he's still training. He's, they're actually putting on some, um, they're hosting, Demetrius Lee is hosting some behind closed doors fights from the crunk gym. Okay. And Sugar Hill has three or four fighters there um, that are going to fight on the show. That's what, that's what they're busy getting, getting ready for. Okay, well, a couple of quick ones before I let you go. We mentioned Dillian White. I think the ratings and the mandatory stuff is actually today for the WBC convention this evening, I think. Um, he's obviously the mandatory challenger. He's had some things to say about Mr. Fury. How serious a threat do you think Dillian White is from a trainer's perspective? Yeah, I think Dillian White's a very good... I think he's a, he's a throwback fighter. A lot of respect for him. You know, I love his jab. He goes to the butt for a big man. He still goes to the body. A very very good jab, and he's tough, and he can he can he can bite down, and he he he's grinded out as well, you know. Um, yeah, I was I was surprised to see him and Mark Tibbs. I thought they were a great partnership. I, I was really impressed with what Mark Tibbs had done with him. Not sure who he's training with now at the moment, but uh, I thought I was surprised with that. I thought Mark Tibbs did an excellent job. Um, but Dillian White, yeah, he's a threat to he's a threat to anybody, I think. He's a threat to anybody. Even if he fought, I know he lost Anthony Joshua. It was early in both their careers. I think if they fought again, not that it would be, maybe, maybe it might not be a different result, but I think it'd be a, definitely be a different fight. It'd be a lot closer. And yeah, you'd have to take him serious because he's a real, he's a, he's a serious fighter. And finally, um, just before I let you go, where do you think Alexander Usyk fits into the heavyweight picture, Andy? It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's an interesting one. Um, certainly the pedigree and uh, technique to, to match with anybody but just maybe lacks the size but maybe he can use that to his advantage it's, it's interesting he's still, he's still yet to make his heavyweight debut so I know he's fought, a, fought a super heavy as a, an amateur um, so we'll see I think it's, it's definitely it's, it's a colourful addition anyway you know and I think He's an intriguing addition, you know, that people will want to see what he can do against these big guys. And maybe he will be the few of them. Maybe he will, because boxing fundamentals, a lot of these, especially heavyweights, they don't have it, you know. They, don't, they just can get by on their size and explosiveness. Um, but he, he has all those things, so maybe he can use that and be, use his craft to, you know, David and Goliath, these, these big men. So, yeah, interesting, interesting addition. And, Fought seeing him fight whenever he fights. Absolutely, as do I when Paddy Donovan returns to action this weekend on BT Sport. Andy, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for speaking to me. Thanks, Rob. Thank you very much.